Today on the show, Radical Ones, it was Love at Second Sight with 1995's While You Were Sleeping. Do you believe in love at first sight? Nah, I bet you don't. You're probably too sensible for that. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Charlie. Uh-huh. Daddy would have gotten us Uzi. The power is yours. Get down, honey, get down. Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat It's your fire. I'm a My human. Name is Grace Jones. Thunder. Thunder. So if anyone asks you, you ain't heard it from me. No, you have. No more room in hell. The dead will walk here. I love your play. Welcome back to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with Rob, the movie geek himself, for another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. Welcome, Rob, and welcome, December. Hey, hey, I guess spooky season is officially over, whatever. But yay, happy holidays, everyone. Well, we do have another train movie after our terror train for everybody. (laughs) So we bring you trains and we bring you holiday cheer this week. (laughs) Well said, well said. So Rob, our S Club concert was... I just saw that on my list really quickly. We mentioned on our last episode, Rob and I, that we were going to go see S Club by now. And guess what? Our concerts will delay till February. Because you mentioned it. You jinxed it. I truly <laughs> did. <laughs> so now you're going to go before me. Yeah, they're doing Canada, New York, and then California this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get to go before me. I'm not going to get to see it to the end of February. So When here, Rob, it's going to be snowing and blizzards. So this is going to be an adventure s club thank you for coming in (laughs) thank you for coming in blizzard season yeah hopefully they don't cancel that again between canada and then coming to new york they'll be in a storm front (laughs) so we actually recorded this week's episode before rob and we got together to do our little intro to introduce this this was a fun conversation we did 1995's while you were sleeping yeah that you love i do love this yeah um we we played us a game um towards the end had a lovely conversation you'll hear ryan's first thoughts on the movie as he's never seen it before so i think we had a really fun conversation with this one and it was also nice to kind of talk about the amazing sandra bullock and her 90s glory you know 90s feels lost testicles and christmas that's what you get in this movie and more honestly (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um if you uh stick around we are going to play an ad to pay the bills and then we will (laughs) get on with our conversation you'll love it see you there working this weekend, Jerry. Lucy. Every day I go and I sit in a booth like a veal. I, I work every holiday. I go home to a cat. For Lucy, loneliness was a way of life. Joe Jr.'s still single. Yeah, it's a shocker. But the moment she saw Peter, 
She became a believer in love at first sight. He was perfect. Then fate stepped in. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Oh, I was going to marry him. Who's she? She's his fiance. No, no, no. Peter's engaged. She saved his life. Part of his family. Hey, sis. Where's my, um, Lucy's uh, going to marry my brother Peter. What? I didn't mean for this to happen. I don't know what to do. Don't tell them a thing. Well, since they met you, they figure they have Peter back. They need you, Lucy. Just like you need them. Come on, everybody. And the grandmother, they just got this heart thing. She had three attacks already. Now you tell them now, and you might as well shoot Grandma. That's right, you haven't met Jack yet. Welcome to the family. Oh, thank you. It's funny, my brother never mentioned you. Which one of the three studios was Peter's favorite? Curly. Curly, ha! He's everybody's favorite. Fact is, you're not really Peter's type. All right, whose type am I? I like blondes. You like brunettes. Can I say, Peter, I was never envious of anything that you had until now. Why were you? You have to tell me what to do. I like Jack. Pull the plug. You're sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. Caravan Pictures presents Sandra Bullock. These are your husband's oh, things. Not my husband! Your fiance. Bill Pullman. She drives you so crazy, you don't know whether to hug her or just arm wrestler. Peter Gallagher. He's awake. Your family's here, Peter. In a film about love at second sight. Who are you? While you were sleeping. Shouldn't have left the booth. Shouldn't have left the booth. Shouldn't have left the booth. Okay, Rob. So this movie is described as Lucy a Chicago Transit Authority token collector meets a man that she falls in love with by just looking at him named Peter. Well, the first time I saw him, he didn't exactly give me the world. It was a $1.50 train token. Uh, But I I looked forward to it every single day. He started coming to my booth between 8.01 and 8.15 every morning, Monday through Friday, and he was just perfect. My Prince Charming. Well, we've, ne- we've never actually spoken, but I know someday we will. I know it. I just know it. And I know that someday I will find a way to introduce myself, and, and that's going to be perfect. Just like my prince. She ends up saving him, and members of Peter's family, along with his brother, Jack, believe that she is engaged to this man. So, Rob, that's the basic premise, and this was one of the movie suggestions that you gave me this year for December. And I noticed, two years in a row, we have December movies that involve hot dogs and hot dog stands. (laughs) (laughs) Was the other one in Chicago? I feel like it was, right? Wasn't it? What movie was it? What did it we do? was The Preacher's Wife with Denzel eating his hot oh, dog. Oh, How do you eat is... your hot dog? That's not in... <laughs> is that in Chicago? I don't think it is. I'm seeing New York, but I could be wrong. That would be funny, though, if it were. <laughs> right in back of her, there's, there's Denzel at another hot dog stand. A whole separate Christmas experience is happening. <laughs> 
That is so funny. It just says, yeah, St. Matthew's, Presbyterian. Yeah, it's in New York. It says New York, but I think that's where the exterior took place. I don't know if the movie took place there. Yeah, because they never, like, called attention and says, oh, like, here's the skyline, or here's this famous place in New York. So I think we should just say it's Chicago. You're funny. <laughs> Head cannon. <laughs> you and the hot dog stand. Also, I wanted to ask if there's still such a thing as a token collector. I know that they have them at pole bridges or, or you know, like where you take a, a token or whatever from a pole at a at a bridge but i don't know like if there's a subway out there that still takes tokens i feel like it's all the card rob right i feel like i think it's like manually swiping there's probably no one even there anymore that's ai already taking somebody (laughs) else's job this is 95 so we still have them around at this point and tell me rob is this not a 90s opener if i ever saw one cue the the feel-good happy song that everyone loves and then of course the story that follows but oh my god such a 90s time capsule it is it is it you know christopher columbus almost directed this and i you know from the music it does sound very columbus and (laughs) but yeah it's it's got the christmasy whimsical music in there but they're very sweet sounding romantic comedy vibes Oh my god, yes. Even very comical, almost like circus music, I would say at some point. (laughs) Like very like over the top cutesy, which I like. Yeah, it's just, it's hijinks music too. It's just, yeah. (laughs) You know what, I I don't know if it's the same conductor, or composer, excuse me, conductor. Oh my god. Train movie. Trains too, yes! Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Composer. I got a few of like Drop Dead Fred music vibes from this too. And that's a movie, my god. Yeah, it just yeah, it just reminds me of that. But I love this movie so much. It is my favorite romantic comedy that I will always return to. Now remember, favorite is is not is not equal to best. This is not the best one that I've seen, but this is my favorite. If you ask me for an example of what I like in a romantic comedy, this is what I would choose. Even though I have my my heavy, heavy, you know, um, judgment towards romantic comedies because yeah. I like them done a certain way, this movie does have a little bit of that. But outside of that, you'll hear in this review as to why this gets a pass. So, but yes, this is my favorite. This is my favorite one. Okay, so that makes sense why it was on the list, especially the Christmassy feels. And I honestly, as I'm watching this, as I'm seeing the cast members, Rob, and coming from a family that loves Sandra Bullock, I don't know how I never saw this movie. I can't believe I've never seen this. I can't believe I've never heard people talk about it. But again, with this show and with the suggestions (laughs) of Rob, I am so happy that I did. (laughs) It really sucks that nobody's talking about it. I mean, if you look at the budget versus what the movie made, like success, like heavy successful, very successful. But yeah, it's under the radar. And that's just the way I like it. I don't care. I I, (laughs) it's my movie. It's like nobody else has to have it. But I just think it's great. I, I hope that even though we are giving you spoilers 
just for this movie that it still gives you a reason to possibly watch it for the holiday season because I think it's up there as something that you can watch every Christmas if you choose to but also just a fun comfort movie as well so this article I found Rob from 2020 it says this is the year to finally accept while you were sleeping as the perfect Christmas movie (laughs) And and it goes on Rob to say this year the unexpected Christmas movie that is while you were sleeping it's a story that opens right before Christmas and ends a day or two after New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. and it's rarely included in the most holiday movie watch lists it's gentle it's funny there's no blood and gore minus losing a testicle (laughs) and it's commentary on needing a family and love around the holidays they're saying that it's the perfect romantic comedy and it's still relevant today i love that because it's true like we just said never saw this on a list of christmas movies before so Mm -hmm. this movie does start with a gem like i mean if you need any kind of like pick me up you know just play the first like two minutes of this movie in the beginning and while the credits are going on you hear natalie cole's everlasting love it's one of the best songs ever made and as soon as i heard that i was like yes i'm totally sold i can't wait to finish this and yeah this is in my collection i do own this movie like i made dvd sure, yeah dvd i mean when i saw it in theaters i was just smiling ear to ear it, it just was it was just such a joy to watch in true sandra form she is playing that character that clumsy bad things happen to her she's so likable it's a perfect role for her and again how did I not see this? This is like the template, I feel like, for her career. <laughs> she's she's such the introvert. Yes, I've noticed now that she definitely loves playing these introverted, yep. sort of closed off, comfy, like introverted ways where she's just, you know, mostly alone for whatever reason. You ever fall in love with somebody you haven't even talked to? been so long you spend the night confusing a man in a coma the net she did the same thing she was sort of a shut-in she never let anybody in and miss congeniality perfect example even her character in speed where she knew most of her townspeople she still was just like i don't have a man i don't have brothers sisters family like i'm just by myself that's it practical <laughs> magic only because of magic she was by herself for a little while yeah. yeah yeah the woman wears a sweater though rob yes she does damn she was so comfy looking in this sweaters throughout this movie i love that too well i know that we keep tangenting so I read that Demi Moore was supposed to do this. Yes. It was written for her. And like, I kind of want to see that movie. I really kind of, because you don't get to see Demi have this type of fun, at least for me. The movies that I remember, she is always playing somebody heavy and she's just not allowed to have fun. I would have loved to see if she could pull off a romantic comedy. This would have been so much fun. But Sandra is perfect. Like even her narration voice is great. And... (laughs) I enjoy watching the story through her. So, yeah. I think Demi would have been a completely different movie. But you're right. It's one of those, what the heck, what we have gotten with her. Because, yeah, we're not used to comedy. What, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle? And that's not even really comedy, really, completely. So, I wrote, Rob, that our Lucy, the main character, she has an Ariel moment in this movie. That's how I described it. She is a little (laughs) mermaid. She has been watching this man. She wants to be part of his world. And she saves him when he's in need <laughs> yeah no i mean that scene is definitely little mermaid someday i 
this movie was also described a little bit with Sleeping Beauty vibes because the man is sleeping and, you know, she's, you know, going through all of her journey to, you know, you know, get to her man who is, you know, out of it at the moment. But it's wild to think that the original script was supposed to be role reverse. It was the girl who was going to be saved while the guy saw her as like a love at first sight thing. But they felt that it was a bit predatory for him to be like lovey-dovey on a woman he's never met and you know saving her life and then enter yeah they just thought it was a little so it was a lot easier to swallow when it came from a woman's point of view which i wonder i mean yes out of the two yes the women is it's a lot easier to but like there are predatory women out there that could easily do this and the movie obviously doesn't take it seriously that this woman is like a compulsive liar and, oh my you know, just like could easily have been like labeled as a con woman. Stalker, con woman. It's not like Peter isn't rich. I mean, he has money. I'm surprised that no one thought, you know, to think like, oh, she could be after his money. I almost thought Jack, the brother, was thinking that at first, like, Mm -hmm. because he was asking these questions and, you know, suspicious of her. But then I'm like, oh, maybe not because it's Sandra. Sandra, And like, you're right. That's what they needed. Not even just a woman. They needed her to play this role because she's the most gentle, sweet soul that no one would dare take advantage of. So like Rob mentioned, she plays this very introvert alone dreams of the future we find out that she comes from a family where her mother died and she was raised for the rest of like for whatever growing up with her father who unfortunately passed away as well so she's has no family she has a cat which i absolutely love that there's so much cats in this movie and cat little moments and we see that she lives in this apartment building works at the train station and sees a man every day and this is played by peter gallagher with his eyebrows that never fail (laughs) those brows man those have been going strong since forever i mean this this movie is is almost 30 years old and and, you know peter gallagher like he was a very handsome man like i could see what she's seeing um i i think they picked a, a a nice guy for this there's tons of men who were supposed to be in the role of jack but i don't know if there was anybody Ooh. that was supposed to be peter but yeah i i thought they picked a, a real handsome man to to play this and you know i wonder if that is something that most people go through like have you ever you know just immediately created this entire future in your head <laughs> a guy in the distance <laughs> Um, oh, definitely. Like growing up when you're young and you're like daydreaming about, oh, this is the person that is going to be so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Do you do you happen to have somebody in mind? Like, you don't have to tell us, but I mean, do you remember who that person is, or was it just like you didn't know them? You had no idea who they were. It was just like a. There was one moment growing up, and this is such a Ryan thing to do. There was such a <laughs> a handsome waiter at this restaurant. I was like a teenager. They put water on the table, and I looked at him. I knocked every glass down, spilled oh. everything. Oh. And yeah, that's like me. So I would have that kind of like, oh my god, kind of reaction. But she took it to a whole nother level, Rob. But (laughs) what about you? Have you ever experienced such a daydream, such a dream in your life? I did. And surprisingly, it was with a woman. This was before I came out. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Merry Christmas, radical ones. What are we getting? (laughs) No, it was somebody in high school. And... 
I mean, it, it was a very short-lived crush, but in that time, I had always been like, ooh, what if we got married, if we did this, yada, yada. So, like, it's happened before for me. <laughs> I love But, this. I mean, I me being a commuter, like, taking the train all the time, you do develop sort of like, oh, this is my train husband or, you know, whatever, because you see the same people on the same route all the time. Do you, like, kind of do, like, a smile or a nod? It or really a- depends. I mean, sometimes you acknowledge the fact, like, hey, I almost see you every day, but you don't, like, talk to them or whatever i mean you can but i that was never my case i didn't really be friends because you know me on the train that's my time to just be in solitude and quiet and that's just my time so i don't really do that but yeah you you see familiar people all the time and you're like okay there he is again and oh yeah there's my train husband you know so it's common i get it well maybe like lucy's character you should be waiting to see if this man will give you his seat that was one of the things that you know really made her fall in love with this stranger he gives his seat away to people (laughs) you know that's all it takes (laughs) what do you actually think about that because from afar he looked like a decent guy and it's not that he was like such i guess like he wasn't a psychopath but then you find out later that all of his good deeds you know rescuing squirrels when he was younger all these things were kind of just like you know fake yeah yeah it it, i I don't think that he was trying. I mean, he definitely put on a little bit of facade. I mean, it's it's really on her, on the image she yeah. put in her head. But at the same time, you know, like, image is not everything. Like, you have no idea who the person is behind that pretty face. And their lives oh, can no. be completely different than what you expected. I mean, in her head, she just saw the potential, right? She saw <laughs> what could be, but she had no idea exactly who he was. And and that's why I think it was easier for her to fall for somebody like Jack, because there was a lot of, you know, exposure and interactions with the two of them. And everything just became more realistic. I think Peter represented that Florence trip, that Italy trip, that... Oh, beautiful. Yes. That she dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, it it makes sense, you know. <laughs> I don't blame you. Know what? I knew there was going to be a twist in this movie, Rob. But I kept saying, "Where's Bill Pullman?" Okay, like when when is he showing up? Because let me tell you, there would be no competition. I would choose him. I was going to ask Jack. you. <laughs> But is that based on, because we don't really, I mean, yes, we do find out more about Peter, but like, (laughs) but like Peter didn't really have a big part in this. So is this based on personality or like looks wise, you would pick Bill Perlman still? I think both, because I got to tell you, he won me over with that snowfall scene. That's when I was like, oh, yes, I'll take you. I'll take you, Jack. We'll walk on this snow and we'll clumsily fall. Good night. You just gonna leave me here with the truck? Basically, yeah. Well, maybe I ought to walk you back. Well, what for? For protection. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm I'm okay. For me, I don't want to be here by myself. This is Chicago. You look cold. Huh? Look cold. Probably <laughs> because I am cold. <laughs> How about you? This jacket's reversible. I'm wearing the warm side now. Oh, I see. <laughs> you need a better coat. This is my dad's. Oh, and he's probably freezing. He passed away. Sorry. It's not your fault. Passed away last year. I don't even remember my mom. Well, what was he like? He was a lot like me. Dark hair, flat chest. (laughs) (laughs) What do you remember most about him? Oh, that. Okay. Um, well... 
He liked maps. Yeah, I live by maps. My truck's filled with them. He used to hear of a place on the TV. Mm. We would pull out the atlas, we'd find where it was, we'd route out this like little way to get there. There were one place in the world where you'd go, where? Florence. Italy. <laughs> oh, I haven't delivered any furniture to Florence yet, but I'm told it's nice. Yeah. I take it you've never been there. Well, you know, the owl doesn't exactly make it all the way to Florence, so, you know. Now, I, you know, I, I've seen Peter Gallagher on Zoe's Playlist, which the director directed a couple episodes of that show, and Peter was in this. And he also did, you know, Frankie and Grace, and I just think he is just daddy all, all the way through. Like, he just has a very... Aged beautifully. He has a really good charisma to him, and so, and for me, I think, you know, this is no shade to Bill Pullman. I think he peaked. <laughs> I think he peaked in Independence Day. I don't think I've ever seen him any hotter than that, where I've seen, you know, Peter Gallagher still got it. Like, this is just so good. So, I, I don't know. For me, I think he would be my pick. You know what it is? Peter is definitely classically handsome, too. I feel mm-hmm. like Bill is not by any means like you either like like him i think because of his personality and like some of his looks but yeah he's not like a classic beauty but there is something about him i guess it's just no like independence day casper like casper he was oh casper. oh my god i would love him as a husband and Ca- oh he was so good <laughs> with that cardigan yeah he was that was daddy we're talking yeah. about daddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay so we are all over the place but radical ones this movie is a lot of fun the family what a family i honestly love them i really do they're very fun okay yes they're it's that typical older people no one knows what the hell everyone's talking about half the time kind of thing but the way they accepted her or this image of of lucy that they wanted so badly is just it was so cute Mm -hmm. so cute the mother was so adorable yeah no yeah the family was great and they are a really big part as to why I picked this as my favorite rom-com because it's not so much about her getting a man. It's about her gaining a family. Yes. And, you know, with Peter in a coma and we don't get really get to see Jack until after like the first 45 minutes. And so- Yes, yes, about that much, right? Yeah. Wow. We didn't get to uh, celebrate Christmas, so uh, it would be nice if you could join us. Oh, um, oh, I, I, I would love to, but I, I can't. Jack's going to be there. That's right. You haven't met Jack yet. No, not yet. Oh, he'll be so happy to meet you. So you'll come tonight? I, I, I really shouldn't because I have to work. I can't. Oh, look here. Put your phone number and address down there. Midge will call you and talk you into it. Oh, okay. And here's another card for when you change your mind. Uh, we're in the estate furniture business. We buy furniture from dead people. So their chemistry like was very instant, right? They kind of had to rush that love story a little bit. But to me, the family was consistent throughout the whole thing, including Saul, the neighbor. Like, I feel that that oh, to I loved me him. <laughs> was like a very pivotal part as to why this movie works. And I have nothing against, you know, man, you know, boy meets squirrel and, 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 you know, getting the, you know, the relationship or whatever, but like this family aspect of it, I think was a very nice touch to a very straightforward romantic comedy. I mean, there's nothing on the poster that would suggest that it has anything to do with family. This is just not at all, you know, um, a woman, you know, um, meeting a man of her dreams or, or whatnot. So I love the fact that this family, kind of did the same thing with 
Lucy, where you look at Lucy and you see everything that you wish your son was or could be or maybe is. And they took it upon themselves to believe into the illusion and the hype that she created herself for Peter. And like they, they mention it in there. It's just like, you know, the fact that you were here, you lied and Saul finds out about it. Right. And he's like, I don't want you to tell them. You gave them their son back. They've obviously are a little estranged and, you know, they don't keep in touch as much. And this girl coming in is bridging the gap. (laughs) And grandma has a heart condition, so you can't sell a soul. (laughs) It's when they have their, you know, their, their, um, their take two of their Christmas, right? Because they missed it. Oh. And she is, we're seeing a POV of her watching the family open all the presents. And she's just there basking in it. She doesn't have to do anything. She loves just being there. And the fact that they gave her a present. I will say that this is a little close to home for me. I know the people are not listening to this episode. But I will say that in my um, first big relationship, this is how his family were for me. Like I would go to their home for the holidays and they would, they gave me a stocking. They gave me presents, even though I didn't ask. And there was just this unity of gathering that literally looked like what you just saw. Oh, and that's a dream. Movie. Yeah. And, and it was nice to kind of just be a part of that, even though I wasn't like an official member of the family. Yeah. It, it's, it's really nice. And I still talk to them today. Oh, I love, I was actually just going to ask yeah. you what a relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why this, this movie just is so good because I, I do like that she's able to also get the family as well as the man. You said it perfectly, Rob, because the poster, it's not my big fat Greek wedding where you would see on the train, maybe the whole family, like looking out the glass, looking at them. Yeah, it's just you don't get any of that. But can I tell you that pan over the shoulder when (laughs) they they show the stocking with her name on it? Mm -hmm. I gasped because I was like, oh, (laughs) they even need a stocking in two days. Oh, my God. God, like that was funny to me. Funny, but also I went, oh my God, this woman is in deep. (laughs) So it sounds like you like the movie. (laughs) I really did. Like you mentioned earlier, okay, it's not the best romantic comedy ever, but the whole time I was smiling, the whole time I was laughing, it was really cute. I did. I did. I can honestly say I did. Very good. So while you're watching this for the first time, it, it it's surprising that you weren't caught up in sort of the obvious that this woman is playing with fire and that th- this family is just so gullible to just invite the stranger into their home. Maybe it's something in the 90s. Maybe it's where they live. I mean, they're it's, it, they seem very middle class, right? And sister was a little off too. She heard like a, a one moment pregnancy and she was like, oh, she's pregnant. I wanted to be like, no. Hey, everybody. Lucy's pregnant. Yeah, and I just think it's hilarious that <laughs> this could have gone so wrong and it so just wrong. went so right. Yeah, like all of these misunderstandings, all of, you know, she easily could have told the truth. She felt compelled. She had to keep up this lie so she didn't give a heart attack to this elderly woman. And I I was just like, you don't know. I mean, I, I understand why Jack was quizzing her and making sure she is who she yes. says she is because it's just not mathing. And all it took was like little bits and pieces for them to believe her. And then was just like you're one of the family now done but i think outside of her saving his life i think that's well enough to just be like you know like 
Yeah. You seem like a good person, you know? Well, and that, I blame that nurse, too. I'm sorry that they kind of, like, made a character for one minute. She was like, oh, yeah, girl, I know. I'm so- you, you can't tell them now. <laughs> like, when she said something like, next time say your signal and leave it at that, I was like, well, you didn't have to go and say this whole thing. I mean, yeah, whatever. It, it made the story play out. Why, why did you say that? Say what? I'm not his fiance. Why did you tell me that you were? I'm not engaged. I've never even spoken to the what? guy. Downstairs, you said. You said you were going to marry him. Oh, jeez, I was talking to myself. Well, next time you talk to yourself, tell yourself you're single and end the conversation. What am I going to do? I don't know. She held me so tight. I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell her. I know. This is what I miss about 90s movies. It's total classic in just the seemingly unavoidable misunderstandings that just play out. And we're and that's that's the part of the movie. It's because nobody wants to just tell the truth. And I love it. I love it. This gives people so much like room to work with as far as being creative. Write any plot that you want. It doesn't matter. It'll work because of all these misunderstandings. There were so many of them in this movie. Sinbad needed to be in this movie. <laughs> just like playing these people too. Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> can you believe how easy it was for him to con his way into this family? That's the thing. It's like she literally could have been a psychopath and it wouldn't have mattered because it worked all of her. Pl- so... <laughs> Getting back to this whole thing that she had to work on Christmas, right? To tie the Christmas thing in. Can we talk about her boss for a minute? He was hysterical. And I found out that actor passed away like the year after this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember him. I remember him. This is, um, this is Jason Bernard, famously known for Herman's head. Herman's head. Yes, exactly. Herman's head. The exact same character that you see in this movie. Just, (laughs) just a know-it-all, but he's, he's so good. He's so good but yeah i love seeing him as the boss what's this it's a wedding invitation wait a minute this is your wedding invitation so whom are we marrying jerry peter callahan the coma guy are you insane yes jerry i'm insane Every day I go and I sit in a booth like a veal. I I work every holiday. I go home to a cat. And now a rich and handsome man has asked me to marry him and I've said yes. Okay, okay, that makes me a raving total lunatic. The wedding is tomorrow, Lucy. I know it's tomorrow, Jerry, but you know what? I even wish it were yesterday because you know what? That would mean that today that I would be on my honeymoon, that I would finally have a stamp in my passport and that it would say Italy on it. What happened with the other guy? He didn't want me. The scene where she's explaining the whole thing, and it's like this running joke that she's in love with the brother, she's engaged with the other, and then she goes to the party and she shows up with Jack. I, I just thought that was hysterical. He's like the brother of the Yeah. <laughs> it was like little moments and just little character actors that just made this so much funnier. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love it. Like having Jack Warden in there too as Saul, you know, like for me, he's the grandfather on Problem Child. Like that's who I remember him from. But I think he was on Major League or something. I, I know he's been in some other stuff. Problem Child child is exactly as soon as he came on i'm like oh my god problem child yeah and our our grandmother elise is from the ref she was a ball buster in that movie i don't know if you've ever seen that and 
that that's definitely a movie that I want to review because it's it's one of the best Christmas movies I've ever seen. It's so good. All I can think of her is this quote. I had to write it down <laughs> with her and Sal. Cesar Romero is in Spanish. I didn't say Cesar Romero was Spanish. I just thought that was hysterical. Every time she got something wrong and he would say, that's not what I said. It was just real. That and the mashed potatoes are so creamy. <laughs> <laughs> I could never make a good pot roast. You need good beef. Argentina has great beef. Beef and Nazis. <laughs> John Wayne was tall. Dustin Hoffman was 5'6". Would you want to see Dustin Hoffman save the Alamo? His mashed potatoes are so creamy. Spain has good beef. Mary Mashton. Cesar Romero was tall. Cesar Romero was not Spanish. I didn't say Cesar Romero was Spanish. Well, what did you say? I said Cesar Romero is tall. We all know he's tall. Well, that's what I said. Cesar Romero is tall. That's all I said. So two things. Would you have told the truth immediately? And if you didn't, would you have the capability of keeping up this lie the whole time? Not at all. Not at all. I kept kept saying, oh my God, she has to say it now. This is the perfect point. Or this is the perfect point. Or yeah, no, Rob. No, I would have gotten so confused and mixed up and i i would not be able to think that quick on my head like oh well where did you meet and this and that oh no absolutely not they would have found me out see my thing is rob i wouldn't have even gotten this far like her whole what was the guy little tony or whatever the hell lived upstairs yeah joe jr joe jr so freaking annoying the apartments complexes like the, the sun that alone every time he showed up i would have been like no as a matter of fact tell them the truth you better tell these people right now that we're not dating are you wearing the black bra i love black underwears like when she put him in the closet i was like no again this is 90s this is 90s this is what we want we want these hijinks we want these like hiding in the closet instead of just being honest because you know everybody believes everything that they hear so and trying on women's shoes that if you have a man in a closet in a woman's closet they're going to be putting on shoes that's another staple (laughs) isn't it (laughs) like what is with these shoes every minute too funny so would you have been able to do this this ruse me today would have immediately shut this down like immediately but let's say i decided to keep it going for a while i would have found a reason to just break up with him before he even woke up okay in the story like the neighbor right she hears he hears her confessing that she obviously is not her boyfriend or whatever that glass was it open like that door yeah there was there was no official door to shut so i i guess he just heard her so my first thing is that he wasn't disturbed at all that this woman lied but i guess the soothing sound of her aerial voice just was like oh i feel bad for you instead of like you lying son of a bitch that was rob yeah he's like like, you know what i'm gonna trust her i really believe her just from hearing her over over talking over my godson in her confession you know she just talks about the reason why she did it you know it was nice to just be so i get it it's whatever but like for the sake of argument like had i kept this going right i I think once i got invited to their home i would have tapped out like i can't the stalking (laughs) let me just live on my own we'll wait until he wakes up you don't ever have to see me again like yeah i saved his life is what any person would do but once you start inviting me over like i can't like i'm sorry i'm telling and and showing up to your house yeah your apartment but the other thing too is like when you officially start falling for the brother it's like woman 
Like, pick a lane. This is perfect. If that happened to you, would you have a continue? Well, okay, no, you wouldn't have. You said you were shut it down. But would you have done it just so you could have said, you know, like, by the way, I'm not with your brother. I saved him. So let's get together. Like, would you have just nipped it in the butt for that reason? Really or- tricky, too, because you want to make sure that you come out of this with something, right? So who knows? Like, Jack could have easily been so disturbed by the deceiving. Like, yes. he could have just been like, well, I don't want you either right so it, it's a risk but i mean how long would that lie would have taken right like you have to tell the truth eventually again like i said i would have ended it a lot earlier than that but if she did then she wouldn't have been able to get to know jack and whatnot unless she would have made it so he didn't wake up rob <laughs> dun 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 that could have been a whole other movie yeah right that's my <laughs> movie right there so but the thing is is like this family did not look for a ring at all no and again just knowing a little bit more about her like i, I would have easily been like con woman con woman like you don't know anybody 95 did we have social media i think we i i can't remember yeah maybe no, not like that I can't like... look her up so it's it's just funny how easy it was for this stuff to work but i wanted to ask you like do you feel that given the circumstances do we want to reward women like this who have to lie in order to like i mean she didn't have like an immediate scheme but like this is this is how you get married in the 90s you you have to lie your way into like friendship like i don't know were you really just blown away by sandra it was like i don't care what you do you can't do no wrong or if it was played by honestly if you gave me demi Moore, i probably wouldn't i would have been like arrest this woman (laughs) i honestly but are we rooting for her to lie into the family and then all and then fall in love with the brother like every time she made up another i was like no you're getting deeper you're i was mortified no i couldn't especially if you're getting to know this family and you really care for them even more than like your dream of peter like i couldn't rob no i couldn't like i'm rooting for her only because she saved the man's life and she didn't intentionally go into this but honestly this would be probably say someone be insane if you told somebody this person did this they'd be like no that person's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah no i hear you i hear you good morning oh, oh you scared me sorry um good morning jack um i guess i don't remember meeting you well it's probably because we've never met that might have something to do with it Ooh, cab <clears throat> i have to go i'm really i'm really late because i have to go but um I, it was nice to meet you Jack, tell Lucy. Okay, look, I, I know that I... Hey. Um, hmm. Welcome to the family. Oh, thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Stuff like this is, I think, 
the lesser of two evils when it comes to sort of like the deception and and sort of the way of breaking people's hearts in order to be with your one true right like most romantic comedies have you choosing between two men or you already in a stable not a stable but already in a relationship and it's like wow love must be real if if they're willing to break their current relationship up to be with the other person and it's just like i understand that this creates conflict and 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 stakes but there are other ways to tell a love story without it being so dramatic and hurting somebody in the process always now let's always let's go back right i can't remember i think it was like 93 their sleep is in seattle and bill pullman played sort of the chump in this movie for no reason at all it it was literally the butt of the joke and they had meg ryan i would have taken him then too i would have taken him (laughs) but yeah they had meg ryan dating this man who was allergic to everything he was sort of a goof not as exciting his allergies they made fun of now you understand like Food allergies are real. Yeah. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan had a food allergy and Mrs. Doubtfire, damn you. But this woman left him on Valentine's Day dinner, like literally in the middle of the dinner to finally say to herself, yep, I'm in love with this other guy. And then you never see Bill again. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to reward this woman. Like, now, don't get me wrong. I was crying by the end of this movie. <laughs> But I mean, is that the type of romantic comedy that I want to see every single time they make one? No, I don't. And this movie sort of goes into that realm of like... I got to commit some kind of fraud or, or screw somebody over in the process in order to be like, I'm in love with this man. I think the stakes were high enough, but I, you know, it's a very creative way to sort of in, you know, integrate a bunch of people that don't know each other and just how it plays out. And that's what I love about nineties movies is that they'll put, they'll think of any scenario that you can think of and and, and it just works out. And I, I just find that hilarious. And you're right. It's always either one of the, the, the main characters dating is, is either a terrible person mm-hmm. or there's some reason to dislike them or in bill pullman's case he's just a, a dweeb with food allergies yeah like you put these characters down the good thing in this though is rob that she really didn't know again i guess a lot about peter and they weren't in the real relationship you know in that in that kind of thing but yeah i wonder if she i kept saying like was jack at first sight with her you think even is that why like did he is that what he says later like you're not his type that's why i was questioning you yeah i mean they know peter they know him to not he he likes these you know ball busters these blonde you know women who you know are are independent or whatever and just sort of up to his level as far as like business (laughs) education whatever the case may be the blonde karen who i thought was going to have a bigger role other than just on the answer machine and then showing up at the apartment complex i was like oh she's gonna show up and it's going to cause a whole thing but no which i appreciate too that was like another thing that was just like okay good you know i would have loved if they had given peter and lucy sort of a moment before he falls down and just have that like potential of like oh these two actually could fall in love and then this accident happens and so she has you know to make a choice between two good people but he honestly we're hearing a story that he's not that much of a good person but it's also refreshing that he wakes up from this and has sort of this light-hearted um mentality and personality and to be more optimistic like he you know the way that he was interacting with his family and everything just seemed different than what they're used to i i just like the fact that it could have been 
that there there might have been more of a conflict of picking between two good men instead of just being like oh yeah he's this and he proposed to a married woman and blah 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 like obviously you're making the choice for us she needs to pick bill pullman and that to me is like a little bit lazy just a little bit why are you asking her all these questions don't ask me ask her boyfriend that isn't very funny you know no no he's not this boyfriend joe fusco <laughs> Joe Jr.? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mr. Joe Fusco Jr. He said that you were intimate. Yeah, well, he also said he invented aluminum foil. He's delusional. He was very lucid when I talked to him. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Ma, are you okay? You see what you did? What did I do? You know, if she wanted to prove it, she'd prove it. Peter has one testicle. No way. Way. About a month ago, there was an accident, and he was playing basketball, and his friend had a pencil in his back pocket. Ew. Maybe, um... No. Oh, no. Somebody's got to look. Don't look at me. No. Yeah, maybe, uh... It's it's not my, uh, uh... Okay. I'm his mother. Honestly, I thought it was crazy how this family thought it came down to him having one testicle or not was going to prove her her story because couldn't she have slept with multiple men and she could have slept with... So I kept saying, oh, it's so 90s and innocent that this is the way they're checking. So, I mean, like, even that, it was just so like, do they really want to make sure this story is right? <laughs> because I kept saying she could have slept with him and little John. Or, what is it, little John? <laughs> Joe Jr. Joe Jr. at the same time. (laughs) And did the mother actually grab his testicle? I think she did. I don't think she looked. It didn't look like she was going to fully like look or whatever. (laughs) And then the next thing, they cut to them all in the elevator and the mother's hand is on her nose like this. (laughs) So, I mean, I know that's not supposed to be put together, but my God. Yeah. Continuity. (laughs) With the piano interlude. It's so 90s. The music is just the music is just so good. I have a question for you. So towards yeah. towards the end, it you know we're getting down to the end of the line. Like the secret's yeah. gonna come out, and like there's gonna be a point of no return. Jack and Lucy need to confess to one another that they dig each other, right? They, like they won't admit it. Fact is, you're not really Peter's type. Yeah, Jack. All right, whose type am I? Thank you. Look, it's a great idea, you and Peter. It's just not obvious to the whole world. You know what, Jack? I've had a really lousy Christmas. You've just managed to kill my New Year's. If you come back on Easter, you can burn down my apartment. Hey, come on, Lucy. What do you want from me, Jack? I want you not to be unhappy. And what are you, the happiness guru, Jack? Are you happy? Now, we do understand the conflict between the two, especially if you were to think, like, I could be potentially stealing my brother's fiance. Like, I would be a horrible person doing this. But given that Lucy is technically engaged to this man, Jack may be his brother, you know, but, like... This tug of war of this rom-com kitchen, like chicken, of like who should be the person to confess their love first. Who do you think should have said it first? At one point, I would have said Jack because she had that moment when she's like, do you know if any reason why I shouldn't marry your brother? Can you give me any reason 
Why I shouldn't marry your brother? how loaded that question is who yes, asked that yes, exactly like you're, exactly. you're really setting me up to be the one to confess first like a question like that clearly you know how you feel what is wrong with you saying it first that's when i was kind of like oh damn lucy you could have been the one to put an end to this yeah. and then you could have dealt with the ramifications of i lied and all this but yeah when she said that i was like oh damn now he's not gonna do it i mean why would you ask somebody to like hit on your brother's fiance like you know this is a lie you're not married you're marrying pe like just be like this whole thing was well you don't even have to confess you can still just be like look i've gotten to know you throughout this whole time since peter's been asleep i'm in to you like this is like are you into me this ain't that serious we met last week right <laughs> right I like i liked your family i just didn't want to ruin it for them well it, it's also the other thing too is that not to say that she's desperate but just this opportunity to be able to be like i can now travel i now have a family that i can go home to i have somebody who i visually love like why wouldn't i say yes to his proposal even though they clearly are not meant for each other just knowing that she was willing to go through with it anyway it it it's it's a little it's kind of sad. Well, she's also that just shows like what a pushover that she's willing to ruin her whole life just to just to not tell this lie, which is just like Well, Ryan, I I will say this. I will say this. I'm like I don't condone all of her behavior, but when you have a Christmas where you are not with your partner or family, mm -hmm. then come talk to me cuz I I'll tell you right now, it's it's not it's not a fun thing. Sometimes it can get pretty heavy if you don't yeah, have anyone to it. go, you know, to spend and, you know the holidays with even a friendsgiving is not really that like it doesn't fill the void that much and it could come it could become a toll over the years when it when it's like a constant so oh yeah because i mean in media matter of fact this movie that we're reviewing yeah. it's this family aspect which they push especially of course around the holidays it's like they almost make you feel terrible if you don't it's like you should be hanging out with family <laughs> you know it's so i i could totally understand that the thing is too i think when he had the second chance of do you know why anyone should not be married like he only said it after she said no <laughs> he was just like yes i'm glad you disagree because i have to disagree too i was like oh you <laughs> cop out <laughs> well yeah i'm glad she she you know confessed and whatnot there's one little thing that i have to talk to you about it's so small and insignificant but there is a transitional uh scene the opening of the presents to the next morning right Oh, yes, yes. I, you know what? When I was a little kid and saw this movie, I thought it was a little boy, like a paper boy, but I think this was a grown man who was delivering papers in the morning. And so they transitioned to this guy riding a bike and throwing papers to each house. And by the second time he threw the paper, he slipped and fell off his bike and just landed on the ground. It had nothing to do with the story. It was just <laughs> And I laughed so hard when I first saw this. I thought it was just one of the funniest things I ever seen because it had nothing to do with the story. Let's just film a guy delivering papers <laughs> and falling to the ground. 
They're like, this is what this movie needs. This, well, I mean, this is not a physical. I mean, there's a little bit of physical comedy in this, but like, it's not a physical comedy movie, right? So to have this was just so out of left field, but it worked. Get this. That was an accident. That was not supposed to happen. Oh. And he broke his wrist when he fell. But they kept it anyway because it's funny. At least he has like a legacy. I broke my, and they kept the scene at least. <laughs> I just thought that was one of the funniest things to just do for no reason. We're just going to deliver favors and have him fall off his bike. I was just going to say when you were saying that before I found out that it was a mistake, I was going to say, was it to set up later on that it was icy and yeah so when they do their little like oh we gotta walk together kind of thing that yeah. you know it's it sets that up but okay so no yeah it was just supposed to be a guy just delivering papers to just show a new morning and he falls off his bike it was so funny <laughs> other thing when i laughed out loud hysterical was when peter wakes up in the hospital and does the pan of each family member <laughs> and then you see lucy and then it goes back and then you see her again like <laughs> that was hysterical and i literally laughed out loud loud like that was a good one that was hysterical (laughs) (laughs) who are you my god he's got amnesia Oh, really quickly, Dunkin' Donuts must have been a sponsor in this movie yeah. because they had the donuts and they had Lucy drinking Dunkin' Donuts in the beginning and yeah, love that. That was that 90s. was a big thing, very 90s. Also, so at the wedding in the hospital and our grandma Elsie is taking pictures with that old school camera with the, Look at the birdie. big giant flash thing. Oh my God, do you remember those? And how blinding you would get. You would yeah. be blinded by the light. Literally blinded by the light. <laughs> she was adorable. They were all adorable. Yeah. So that's why that ending scene, I think, is really wonderful that the family shows up for the engagement as well. Because it shows that the family accepts her. The family, I guess, got over everything. And, you know, wants to have her in their life. So. I was just like, oh, what a feel-good moment. He yeah. puts the ring in the little mm-hmm. the little thing. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's very classic 90s. The whole family staying there staring at her. I love that moment. It was really sweet. It was it was a very sweet moment. Before we end today's episode, I've been trying to add little games here and there, and we finally have our first game of season four, and it's called Rob Bullock or Bollocks. Now, you have to see if this is basically a true or false statement about Sandra by either saying, yes, that's bollock. Okay. Meaning true. All right. Or bollocks. 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 I feel like we need to say with an accent, bollocks. Bollocks. Okay. If that is false. So I don't know how much you know about her. These are random. I'm going to be so horrible at this, but I'm ready. I'm ready. To set this up, Rob is not a Sandra Bullock expert by any means. Neither am I. (laughs) But I just thought it'd be fun. Yeah. So number one, Rob will start easy. Sandra was voted class clown in school. Is that true or false? False. I'm gonna Bullock? I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say that's bollocks. Ooh, you were right, Rob. Yeah, if that is false. She was voted most likely to brighten up your day in her high school class. I mean, they mentioned in the movie that she just has this gift of making you fall for her the minute you see her. Very good. We're starting off very strong. Okay, okay. Sandra's father manages her. Oh, 
I like to this day. Is it momager slash fatherger situation? Okay. With her? I does she have a Britney moment? I will say that's Bullock. Okay, so false? No, no, Bullock. Like it is Sunder Bullock. Yeah. Bullock. My God, these words are too similar. <laughs> Rob, correct! Her father has been her manager since 1996. Had no idea. Had no idea. Interesting. Do Is the father a famous father? No, not no. that I... Okay. Not that anything came up. Yeah. I know her sister is, like, on Food Network shows all the time as, like, a, a guest judge. I don't gotcha. know if she does things, but... Is our, is, is our middle square Jim J related to her? Ooh. I always saw them as siblings, but I never confirmed it. Which, by the way, Jim Jay was in Spaceballs with Bill Pullman, so that would have been a real tie-in. But I, I always saw them as siblings, and I never looked it up. Should we look it up? Jim Jay Bullock was our middle square on the old school Hollywood squares. Very Hollywood funny squares. comedian, and he was Prince Valium, Valium in Spaceballs. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Relatives. She only has the sister listed. Wow, okay, different person. I always pictured them as siblings. Jazine Bullock. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so, this is in honor of Rob. She plays the violin since childhood. Oh, fun. I'll say that's Sandra Bullock. Okay, that is actually false, mm. Rob. She plays the piano since age Ah, eight. the piano. Okay, well, I. it doesn't surprise me that she knows an instrument. That's awesome. Right, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> this is this is out there, but maybe true or false. Who knows? Sandra invented a special seatbelt for her dogs to ride safely in her car. That seems too good to be bollocks. So I'll say this is Sandra Bullock. This is true, Rob. Evidently, her two dogs, Ruby and Poppy, she invented a special seatbelt for them. Okay. The <laughs> okay. Sandra speaks the Danish language fluently. Danish. I'll say bollocks to that. That is correct, Rob. She speaks German fluently mm. and holds German and American citizenships. Okay. No, I did not know that. Doing very good. <laughs> okay. If Sandra wasn't acting, she would have been a librarian. A librarian. The woman likes to wear a nice sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say bollocks to that. Bollocks. You are good, Rob. She said that if she was not an actress, she would have been a romantic novelist. Ah, look at that. And then she does the Isle of L or whatever. Okay, two more questions, Rob. Okay. Does Sandra own a restaurant? Bullock or bollocks? I'm going to say Sandra Bullock for this one. True, yes. Yeah. November 2006, she founded a Austin, Texas restaurant named Best Bistro. Best and then Bistro. she later opened a Walton's Fancy, whatever that is, and a stable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these actors in between jobs, they always have to invest in something. I am not surprised. There are a lot of people who have like these side hustles where they own horses, they own restaurants, yeah. they open nightclubs, like they, they do something to Deep make breathe. sure when they're on the <laughs> off season. Yeah. Okay, you're on a roll. You had one wrong. This is your last one. Okay. She survived a plane crash. Ooh, I, God, I would think that would be in the news. I'm going to say bollocks to that. Bollocks to that. What was I wrong? She did. This is true. On a private jet. Of 2000, she was on a private jet crash. Whatever. And she escaped injury. It was blamed by pilot error and a blizzard. 
Pilot error? What did he do? Or she do? That's true. What did they do? Yeah. Rob, that was amazing. So you know her more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just noticed your pattern. You kept going back and forth. <laughs> I had a really good guess on some of these, so... You bastard! <laughs> So, I had planned to marry Peter, but I married Jack instead. Thank goodness my father was right. Life doesn't always turn out the way you plan. But Jack... Jack gave me the perfect gift. A stamp in my passport. He took me to Florence for our honeymoon. I guess you might say he gave me the world. Peter once asked me when it was that I fell in love with Jack. And I told him. It was while you were sleeping. Rob, we like to end, of course, with what the critics say sometimes, especially Robert Ebert. But get this. It's a feel-good film, warm and good-hearted. And as it's heading for a happy ending, I was still a little astonished how much I was enjoying it. Yeah. So positive on his end. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad that he agreed. Yeah, this is one of those movies that definitely is very sort of feel-good and... While there is a little bit of conflict, you do have a, you know, beginning, middle and end. Like there's no running to the airport and catching them before they, you know, like this is a very simple story, but it it really touches on a lot of things that sort of creep up in our minds when we think about the holidays. And it's nice that we were able to just get a fun story to be told. And just to give people hopefully a little bit more uh, motivation to watch this movie. Let's turn to our director, John Turtletub, who I'm sure you guys have seen his name on the screen of many movies out there, but three in particular popped out at me. So if you liked any of these three movies, like, please watch this one. Um, He directed Three Ninjas. Oh, oh, damn. He directed Cool Runnings. Oh my god, okay, another 90s classic. And he also directed Phenomenon with John Travolta. Wow, all over the place, man. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, and aside from his other like TV, you know, resume or whatever, directing episodes here and there, like he was definitely a staple director that we knew about in the 90s. So if that helps in any way, I definitely recommend this movie. And I think that you can watch it on any time of the year. But because this movie does have lots of Christmas element in it, this would be a nice holiday movie to watch i agree i am so glad that it was on the list that rob supplied for this month not only do you get the beginning with christmas you get new year's thrown in but you also get even winter feels if you want to get that this month of december you get christmas lights you get cold fronts you get freezing weather all those feels especially if you're in colder temperatures so enjoy this movie rob i'm glad you enjoyed it so rob with that being said do you have any recommendations for us Rob's recommendations. I do have some, and hopefully, with our listeners, uh, maybe they haven't seen some of these titles. I did pick some that are not as popular, but I think they sort of serve the same tone as what we experienced in While You Were Sleeping. So, the first one that I have is Mini Driver and David Duchovny. You know where I'm going with this? It's got some Bonnie Hunt in it. This sounds so familiar. (laughs) For me, this is a really good... So I don't watch this movie that often, but I think the love story in this is so good. 
It's so good and it's written so well. This is Return to Me. Return to Bonnie Hunt was in that. I totally forgot about that. Return to Me. I think it dealt with one of them losing a partner and then finding love again or something. I'd have to watch it again. I just remember when I saw it, I was so impressed with how the love story progressed. The conflicts, the stakes, all of that just seemed very realistic and grounded and not so much into the heavy love triangles and all of that stuff. But I really respect this movie a lot, even though it's not as popular. But um, check out Return to Me. Another one, which is sort of based on the fantasy that our Bullock was doing in this movie. <laughs> just the fantasy, the idea of love, the heavy romanticism. This is Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, you don't know this one? Okay, so this one is Only You. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen this. So Only You is a woman who, as a young girl, went to a fortune teller, and the fortune teller said, this specific name is your destiny in love. And so she grew up, and she was going to marry this guy, was not the name of the fortune teller that, that she, you know, the name that she said. And then the name came up again, and so she was like, I'm going to go to, I think it was Italy, it looks like it in the picture. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to search for this guy cuz he came up out of nowhere. I'm going to go. Robert Downey Jr. who is like a player overhears this conversation and he pretends to be the name of the guy. And so they kind of like form a thing and it's based on a lie. So just kind of what happened with Oh my god. While you were sleeping, she basically has to decide like should she stay with fate and destiny about this guy's name or does she challenge that and go with this guy? It's it's pretty wild. And the ending it all makes sense. But yeah, this is another one of those like misunderstanding sort of like happenstance serendipity type of deal so and the cover radical ones look so adorable rob mm-hmm. i think we should do this movie <laughs> yeah. it sounds great and yeah. the cover looks really cute too mm-hmm. you have it in front of you what year does it say 1994 okay yeah now i did see it once it was sort of one and done i'm not saying it's amazing but i remember just plot wise i just love the concept and it's just very different from the romantic comedies that i see so and bonnie hunts in this too is she really oh it's hilarious it's this bonnie hunt too. <laughs> bonnie hunt knows how to be that girl she knows how to be that friend at like i look what no she wasn't in that i thought she was in sleepers in seattle but she wasn't that was rosie o'donnell that would have been great yeah the same character bonnie hunt knows how to support a woman so like <laughs> yeah she's in everything <laughs> damn so i picked this next one and I wish I could remember if it was done in New York or Chicago. You know this one. But for some reason, the the middle class of it all, the grittiness of Chicago, all of that kind of comes out in this other movie. And I just, I don't know. I just liked how grounded it was, but how fun it was, right? This is Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. I love I'm still waiting movie. for you to pick this movie. I don't know what's taking you oh, so long. Oh, this could be a February, like a Valentine's Day movie for I us, I love this movie so freaking much. It is so good. And what do I say? Best movies always take place in one day. One this day. is one fine day. Love this movie so much. So adorable. They both have kids. The kids yeah. get along, which was cute. Mm-hmm. God, it's so good. So good. All right. So if you did not like watching while you were sleeping and this particular list is sort of based on sort of 
the over the top fantasy of the romantic comedy that this movie's in. Everybody's just so cheerful and happy. And we don't want that all the time. We want realism. We want conflict. We want some banter. Not everything is just perfect all the way through. Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek. This is Fool's Rush In, yeah. <laughs> which is a very unconventional love story. First of all, it's a it's a biracial love pairing. Mm-hmm. It's also sex before marriage. It's also child before marriage. And it's also dealing with different cultures and backgrounds. And the conflict is heavy in this one. These two had to fight to be together. And this movie is fantastic. So I recommend this. And while the pair I would never see together, they would work never never yeah. if yeah if you're, you're so right rob on paper it's just like hmm yeah okay <laughs> this next one um is sort of opposite from while you were sleeping this sort of gear towards more of the ya concept and so this takes place sort of for the younger crowd this is in high school this is drew barrymore and michael vartan i know this one yeah this is uh never been kissed Never Been Kissed is a great romantic comedy, but it speaks to those who are unspoken, the nerds, the quiet one, the weirdo, the one who glowed up and is finally getting their shot. I love this movie and I love the message and I found it very believable and Drew Barrymore is really, really good in it. So, yeah. And my last one is sort of the anti-love story. Um, in this one, you could you could go either way, rooting for this person or being like, no, I don't want her to succeed. Um, but it's sort of the anti-romantic comedy um, starring Julia Roberts. This is my best friend's wedding. Oh, who most people will view her as the villain of the story. And this is something that is unconventional for her because she's America's sweetheart. So by watching this, you see sort of a like menace side to her as she spends the entire movie trying to break up a couple who is on their week of their wedding. <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> She's very diabolical. And one of the things that I remember from this, I remember watching like a special or something, and I don't know if they do this a lot in the 80s or 90s, but one of the tropes is that you would sometimes see villains or people that were not really supposed to work for, they smoke. Yes! Yes! And so, she does! She does. There is a there is a scene where she's literally just sitting there smoking, and I think it's supposed to kind of give you this vibe of, we don't like her, we don't trust her, she's kind of bad. And I think that was one of the things they tried to do back in the day. And so um, if you want sort of an anti-romantic movie from while you were sleeping, watch My Best Friend's Wedding. Such a good movie, too, yes. And soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah that is it for my recommendations Alrighty, Radical Ones, we just started December, and in two weeks, we have our big Christmas episode with Rob and David and myself, and we are celebrating 30 years of A Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a huge movie. It's a huge favorite of all of ours, but especially Rob. (laughs) 30 years. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of stories with that movie, so yeah, it should be a really fun conversation. And when you're not hanging out over here, Rob, where can the lovely people find 
find you? On Instagram, Rob the Movie Geek. I'm slowly getting back into reviewing movies because there was such a huge gap in between uh, the writer strike and the actor strike that I haven't been reviewing movies. So you may see a review here and there, but you can find most of my archive reviews on Rob the Movie Geek on Instagram. And the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. One word on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Radical Ones. This would be an amazing month. If you want to give your favorite podcast a present, we would love a review on your favorite podcasting site. It truly helps to grow the show. We're still stuck on 14 for over two, three years. So please, this would be an amazing time. We will read your comments on the show. We will dance. We'll even make a post on Instagram. So all that and more you get. (laughs) Rob, thank you so much again for being here this week. Thank you. I had fun. Had a blast as always. And see Rob and David in two weeks with A Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.